Hey listeners, hope you're healthy and carefree during this pandemic. We're doing all right. We're doing okay. We are super inspired by all the great things that are going on, not only in our community, but around the country. Despite all of this really heavy, you know, difficult times that we're facing, there are some really, really great people doing some really amazing things. Yeah, and we spoke to Joe Phillips, um, who owns Pints and Union in my hometown of New Albany, Indiana, and he's really doing some wonderful things. Um, He's feeding industry people and he's feeding um, some developmentally disabled people so lots lots of good stuff Uh, but before we get into his podcast um, you know I was listening to another podcast called Planet Money the other day and they had a a guy on he's a billionaire and he was talking about how we should let the airlines fail um, because when they were bailed out before they did nothing but uh, stock buybacks. They didn't do anything for their employees. And not only that, they didn't have enough sense to have a rainy day fund in case they got into trouble again, as they are now. And then I was thinking of another uh, podcast I was listening to with NPR with Mark Cuban, who was saying, you know, if, if industries fail, there's always going to be somebody else that's going to start started up again so i say let the airlines fucking fail and bail out the hospitality industry because they care about their employees they care about each other and i think that's who we should and and they're there for us there for us all the time yeah yeah all right so let's get into it with uh joe phillips at pints and union cheers cheers welcome to if this bar could talk a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Hey Joe, how are you? Oh, you know, living the dream. How are you? <laughs> Somebody's dream. <laughs> Some kind of dream. So, um, so we've been following you on social media. It's pretty incredible all the stuff that you're doing for the community. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I don't really have like a, a stock answer. I just, um, I came back from the tornado in Nashville, you know, where the couple from the Pearl Diver, or, uh, from, uh, Attaboy got killed and, um, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we we were at the tornado site within 16 hours. Um, It was March 5th. The team of actually the three staff members that are left with me currently were with me in our car, and we took food for 200 people down to East Nashville. And then we went to a fundraiser that night at the Pearl Diver, and I accidentally got sat at a joint table and I met a guy and I handed it ended up being Bobby Hugel who owns Anvil and uh, we shot the shit and kind of hit it off and then I came home and what that following week we were getting ready for St. Patrick's Day and then everything got shut down and then I immediately just started trying to funnel resources to people 
right away. And then through Dare to Care in Louisville, and then Creation Gardens or what chefs want, whatever you want to call them. They're in Columbus too now. Um, they were giving me perishables. And then the Lee Initiative reached out after I'd been doing it mm-hmm. and offered us, obviously, the, the only grant in the region, which was pretty mind-blowing. So it's just been – we haven't really stopped, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's amazing. So you said the, the people that are still with you, did you have to let go of some of your staff? Oh, yeah, majority of them. Wow. We lost 70% of our sales overnight. So uh, we'd spent all of our money on St. Patrick's Day, clearly. Yeah. And we got that Friday and Saturday, but everything shut down. Oh, my God. That Sunday, yeah, before St. Patrick's Day. So we uh, – I don't know. I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall in a way. And then I just decided, okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna go down, then this is how we're gonna go down. Until the landlord kicks us out of the building, we're gonna fucking do charity work. I don't give a shit. I, I told my staff, I was like, I can only ask for volunteers. I can't afford to pay anybody. I just lost everything and we're gonna become a soup kitchen. So they they all three were like, We want to be here, we choose this, we don't wanna be at home. And we need to be able to give back. And so that was that. We just do we do what we always do and we just showed up and got shit done. I mean that's really all we know how to do. So And and you're providing meals for industry people only or Um Well before when it was there to care donations, I was doing just kind of like scattershot boxes of groceries because there was a lot of places like 610 in Louisville was already doing like one hot meal a day and so was developed New Albany so I was like I don't want to do that I want to go long game like I want to get them not what they choose to have because I don't want them to get picky but I wanted to do like frozen quarts of soup frozen loaves of bread I wanted to stock their kitchen because they're not going to understand how long this is going to go on and the supply chain and the effects that this is going to have. I firmly believe in there's a lot more coming. So my goal was get families fed, get food in the refrigerator. You know, the, the people who didn't do hoarding, the people that didn't have the resources to, or maybe they were too smart, but they still didn't have the money. And, and to also not have food waste because we have this huge it's just this double-edged sword. People right. can't eat. I know we're dumping food. Our farmers are imploding. Right. So I jumped in in the middle as much as I could to minimize food waste out of the gate. And then I went after single moms with kids because they usually have deadbeat exes and no families or poor families. And then I went after Rauk, who is... Um, they're like wards of the state and they're adults with mental and physical disabilities like mental retardation, quadriplegics. They have 24-hour in-home care. These are the people who, if nobody shows up, they'll just sit there and starve, literally. Mm. And so I feed them at least once a week 
if not twice a week. I send them cases and boxes of stuff. And, and then the Lee Initiative granted us that to help support the service industry. So I added the service industry to that as well. Wow. If that makes sense. So like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays, only service industry. And then I have stuff going on on the side, like Rauk does my pickup, but I'm not, you know, they're not looking for attention. They have enough to worry about, you know? So um, then when we hear about people who need help, then we help them too with what we have. So we can't totally open it to the general public because obviously you all have been there. You know how small we are. You know, we would just be flooded. So we have to, you know, the majority of the jobs lost was hospitality. That means the casino. That means hotels. So we're open to all of hospitality. Wow. So not just restaurants. Yeah. And are are you getting a, a, a big response or a lot of people taking you up on your free free meals? It's it all depends, yes and no. Like nobody's trying to abuse it, which is great. And then the people that show up really need it and are super grateful. So it's kind of nice that people aren't just like hoarding, if that makes sense, you know? They're yeah. they're kind of moderate about it. I think a lot of people got their unemployment and I'm trying to convince them it's family meal and that you need to save that unemployment money because that too is going to dry up. And all of these resources that we have now, I don't know what we'll be able to have then because I I put in my paperwork to get my own 5013C. So I can be the resource center over here and I don't even have to go through the Lee initiative. I'm usually going to basically going to like do that for Southern Indiana if that makes sense. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Like use it as a launch pad and why we're doing all of our own operations. They just hooked us up with everything in their license. Well, why not just get my license? I already will have these contacts for GFS and for, you know, food distribution out of Indianapolis and creation gardens. And, you know, we can be one less headache and, and kind of fight our fight on this side of the river because there's going to be a second wave of this or a third or a fourth. And, this will need to happen again. So we're basically trying to build a small coalition of physical, financial, and intellectual resources to help us create an understanding of what the future looks like. And then your 501c3 that you're um, creating, will you be going after grant money or private donations or both? Both. Where can people, do you have a setup yet where people can make donations? People can make donations. <clears throat> if they go through the Lee Initiative, they, you choose the option. You can just do the Lee Initiative or you can pick the city. Because you've seen the list of chefs that I'm on with across the country, right? Yep. Yeah. Southern Indiana is a scroll down option. And oh. that comes directly to us. So it goes to the Lee Initiative. They process and give it to us once a week if people want to donate specifically. You know, there's two in Kentucky and there's one in the region up north and that's it. That's us. So um, you can either just donate to the operation as a whole or choose your location. Okay. And you're continuing to do carryout service, right? Yeah, we do standard. We kind of took the menu down to like comfort food and heavy hitters. Um, 
Wednesday through Saturday, I decided for the first time ever, we've never ever closed other than Mondays, but I closed Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because it currently, you know, emotional and mental health is more important now than ever. And we were seeing the fallout of how poor our mental and emotional health was before when we had it so easy. And, you know, I just felt that my team being four people needed, I needed to make the statement very clear that they need to spend time with their families, that they need to, you know, focus on their mental and emotional health and reach out if they need resources and really focus on themselves and their energy and their well-being and their children and family members and then come back at it and have the, the escape from the real world and have a sense of purpose the other four days of week and then recharge again. So we do it Wednesday through Saturday from four to nine. I am really jonesing for a pints and union burger. I got to tell you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were like, Oh man, like when we, when we started doing burgers and stuff, you know, we tried to fight it forever and then, and then we did it and we were like, well, it's gotta be really good if we're going to do it. And now, you know, my whole focus is like just comfort food. I was like, I don't want to see one bougie thing on this menu. Like, you know, just bring people joy. Don't make them have to think about it. And, you know, how can you take comfort into someone's home? So it's been really nice. So what do you see um, on the other side of this? Is Pints and Union going to reopen and be the same as it was pre- covid oh god no i mean i won't list names but there's lots of places i follow kind of under the, the current current of things and beer nominated places the places coast to coast that there's some of us that are seeing that there isn't just going to be this miraculous oh poof it's all over you know i mean even if there's a vaccine the vaccine would only last for one year and then it would it would morph and strain just like flu it's not this isn't going to be a one and done kind of thing i mean we're in this at least for the next year so you know you're going to have consumer confidence you're going to have consumer ignorance those that come out what are you going to do get people drunk i mean the, the first time you get somebody drunk and they're not six feet away from somebody else, what have you done? So where's the liability lie? You know, what are, there's a lot of very serious questions. When you hire servers back on, are you giving them a policy form that says, you can't sue me if you get sick at work. You can't get on social media and say, I got COVID at X location and ruin that restaurant's career. There are a lot of conversations I'm not hearing people have that are things that will happen you know, disclaimers in the bathroom on the front door of your restaurant telling customers if you come in, you also, you also cannot go home and just bash us on social media saying somebody coughed in there and it's a sick house. I mean, there's, sadly, I don't think people are thinking about this deeply and widely enough. I don't think, I think people are making it about themselves and their super egos, their desires, their fears, what they're yearning for, all the, you know, surface bullshit instead of saying what's the real mess what are the actual pieces like let's break this whole thing down you're, you're going to take your dining room if you're lucky and you have a big place and you're going to space all your tables x amount of feet apart okay so you're going to tear half your tables out 
we can't have people flooding the bar. So then you got to sit customers at least at a minimum of six feet apart from each other. Well, then how many drinks are you going to be able to serve them? Because the minute they get a buzz and one of them's like, I've just wanted to hug somebody or shake their hand. What have you done? So I don't, I think there's a lot of conversations that aren't happening. And I think it's very unrealistic to think that this isn't doom and gloom. This is just like shit or get off the boat, like be smart about it so that we can have a culture three years from now. But, you know, the federal government just showed us that as far as the independent culture concerns, they, they just hung us up to dry. So they gave it all the chains, even though there's a second right. round coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how, how too little too late is that for a ton of operators already? You know? So even if they did get the second round and they didn't get the first, I mean, it, this is just so big that in my opinion, which I've been paid for years to make other people's businesses work and be successful. And I've been the problem solver and the troubleshooter, kind of the risk assessment guy. I'm just doing it for myself now and for my community. I don't want people coming in my bar in May. The numbers aren't there. Ohio's still climbing. I follow you all because my whole family's in Ohio. Right. Yeah. Indiana, I can't even, I, I know that there's one testing station at the Floyd County Health Department that's open like four hours a day. That's it. So it's so mind-blowing how ignorant and behind the government is that you can't tell me you, any amount of numbers because unless you're testing everybody in the street, you don't have any numbers. Mm-hmm. You have confirmed numbers. Okay, cool. Well, there's a lot of people who aren't getting tested. Way more people who aren't than are. Right. So I've got local owners I'm fighting with because they're all like, oh, we're hiring and we're, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and you're what? How many pints of beer are you going to sling that shithead? Then what's going to happen? The minute he hugs somebody, the minute he walks over to that bartender, oh, man, I've missed you because inhibition's gone. And it's going to take over when you add alcohol. And somebody's going to come after you for it because you're going to make someone or lots of people sick. Yeah. You know, servers doing the same thing. Oh, man, it's been so long. Let's have a beer and a shot after work. Smoke a couple cigarettes. Do the thing that we've always done. The way that we've always been for all time. Right. They're so sick of holding back. Next thing you know, you have a few more. Next thing you know, let's go to somebody's apartment. Next, There's no, you know, it's all blown out at that point. Right. So I think the change is, I don't think it's going to happen now. I think, sadly, we're going to watch this all unfold all over again because we're not going to do the right thing the first time. Look at the kickback adults are doing now. In Ohio, they, they gave him so much kickback about wearing a mask. What are you, a teenager? I don't want to wear a mask. What are you, 12? Right. I know, it's ridiculous. Do, do your part. Right. You may not get sick. Your family may not get sick, but you're going to kill somebody else's. Think and so, yeah. Yeah, this has nothing to do with you. This has to do with everyone around you. And sadly, Americans seem to have a very hard time conceptualizing that yeah. versus monetary gain. Right. It's mind-boggling. Oh, it's... Completely mind blowing. So I came out on my personal page and made a statement today because I saw too many of the other local places that I was like, of course, it's you and money. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I will not be open in May because there are no numbers 
that can prove that it's better. There are no testing stations here at all. No. I mean, my wife works in emergency services. I'm all over the media here. I've not gotten offered to get tested. My wife is a 911 dispatcher. They're not testing them. Mm. So you can sell me all the bullshit you want. But my ex-wife runs two ICU COVID units for Norton Audubon. And she tells me the same thing. She's like, there aren't. No one knows. We're just trying to hold our breath. No, and the so, numbers that we do have don't look good. No. They don't look good at all. And Indiana's in complete denial. Louisville at least was proactive. And they're still struggling. They're still like, oh, well, shit. We don't know. You know, we're hoping. We don't know. You know, and it's, you know, county after county, you get outside of Louisville, then these small towns are getting sick. Now we had the whole Easter thing happen. So guess what? It's two, three weeks after Easter. It's going to go up again because there were fools who went to church. Yeah. You know, so lack of strong leadership, lack of communication, no control over facts in the media. And then clearly we're a consumer nation. So that's kind of a perfect storm. And the only thing I could think to do was not worry about making money and focus all my resources on how do I help everybody around me and hope that the rest of it just works itself out. You know, I'll get to it when it comes. But at this point, I'm grateful that I wake up every day and I'm not in hospital. I'm 47 years old. Right. I smoked, I drank, I worked too many long hours. I opened kitchens, I did all the things. I've got four kids, my wife's in emergency services. So my perspective I think is much more grounded than a lot of people's and not dreamscapey and very direct and driven because idealism is not what we need right now. No, reality is what we need. Yes, completely pure, honest reality. Exactly. And rallying together and putting people in check and doing the right damn thing. And you know what? If your business closes, too bad. Nobody died. So is there yeah. any one thing that keeps you up at night, one thing more than any other? Yeah. I leave the house every day wondering if this is the day because I have to contact the public so much doing charity work. So yeah, that keeps me up constantly. Well, your generosity has not gone unnoticed and I'm sure that when this is all over, um, we're going to remember how the great work that you did and um, they're definitely going to support Pints and Union. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, we're we're still going to move forward. I mean, I, I'm just looking at like pub models from 100, 200 years ago where they have a small grocery inside. We're not going to be open late night anymore. I don't want drunk fools in there. We were getting tired of it anyway. We're going to focus more on the food, which has been carrying us over. And that's really where our passion lies. Carry out beer, expand the beer selection, keep the house cocktails. Those are going to be for sale next week. 
and really go back to a really old school, comforting, grounded, simple, secure way of operating. Mm -hmm. Working with local farms, helping them not waste their work and their resources. We've been canning and pickling and the way we're going to reopen is that we're not going to be open till two in the morning anymore. And it's just going to be a very old school kind of a really comforting rebirth, like a maturing. Well, that sounds wonderful. And we can't wait to get back down there to visit you. Yeah. Um, and if you start bottling your uh, amazing tonics, we'll, uh, we'll stock up. Absolutely. Right on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we will. Uh, should be starting to squeak it out sometime next week. I wasn't in a hurry because kind of everybody did that. And we went in another direction. So I was like, let's do a really competent, simple, good, classic program. And um, and just keep moving forward kind of one day at a time and just think about everybody else and not ourselves. I also think it would be great. I feel like there's a lot of good ideas things that you're doing that should be shared and all of you can build on that to help the reopening to actually be successful completely i mean you know Susie hoyt and i were talking you know i'm good friends with larry rice that owns silver dollar and the pearl you know we yeah i was the opening gm for silver dollar because we bartended together way back in the day at molly malone's we both started working for the irish that's why we both have bars <laughs> but uh, that's what Susie and I were talking about was protocol and ideas. And she was like, I didn't even think of that. I brought up, I brought up policy and I was like, you know, how are they going to act? How many people can you have a bathroom at the same time? Then you got to space out the line to the bathroom. Then you got to, you know, I was like, the list goes on and on and on. Like you got to have moving air. You got to circulate air constantly. Don't let things stay up in the air for three hours. You know, like just this whole different, you're going to have service with masks. It's just going to be so weird. Yeah, it's one thing what the government allows us to do. It's another thing it seems what's smart to do because they don't seem to be getting together to tell us that. They don't seem to even know, you know. Yeah, like I'm looking at what's happening in Europe. I'm looking at what's happening. Well, apparently nobody can look at what happens in China because they lied about everything. So looking at Europe and countries that have been through the first wave, what's it look like? How, how good did they handle it the first time uh-huh. versus so far we're kind of the worst of the worst that's handled it. Cause we're still being dismissive about it. Yeah. And you know, there's hair salons open. There's, there's a, there's apparently a, a, a small cafe that was open in Jeffersonville, Indiana yesterday. I mean, are you kidding me? Like with people in it, um, you know, and there has to be a really rigid and realistic protocol because the second round is not going to be so polite. Yeah. Sort of like the universal standards for. Mm-hmm. Our- yeah. We, we learned the first time, right. You know, like, Here's everything not to do. If everybody had worn masks in December, we would be at about a third of where we're at now. Just wear a mask. That's it. Everybody, mandatory period, leave your house. You can get pulled over. You can get arrested, whatever. Make it be that strict because it is that serious. 
Because yeah. you're also, these same people that are arguing it are giving the middle finger to, you know, Aunt Susie, who's a nurse. What about her now? Right. You know, what about Uncle Ted, the dentist? What about him now? So, you know, they are literally dying and risking their lives every day and don't have a choice and being affected by the lack of action we're taking. And if you lose them in the second wave, then what are you going to do? Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Because they're already so worn out, you know, that if two months from now we're back or worse, they can't handle that again. Their immune systems alone can't handle that again. Yeah. I mean, people just aren't, you know, it's that whole, I don't want to think about it. Well, that time's up. That's what pandemics are for. You don't matter. The collective matters. Yeah. And there's too much piss poor, weak leadership that even in restaurant owners that is only focused on themselves. I don't, of course, I don't want to go to business, but hey, if I'm not laying in a hospital and I can help other people, it's not like I failed. I didn't, I didn't lose. It just, happens right you know that's a good way it, to look. yeah it's so much bigger than us so you know i don't know yeah. i don't know i just keep going well joe we appreciate all that you do and i know your community does as well and uh thanks for taking the time to talk to us today and please stay safe and see you rather than later Yep. Thank you. I really appreciate you all even noticing and then reaching out. Right. Stay safe. That means a lot. You too. Take care. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at ColumbusCraftCocktailTour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers.